are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Milwaukee Bucks are your NBA champions and Giannis stayed up all night on IG Live and to commemorate his 50-point closeout game was seen on IG Live hitting up a Chick-fil-A drive-thru getting a 50-piece McNugget meal to commemorate his 50-point closeout game. What is up? Welcome to another Thursday edition of Locked On NBA. I am Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked On Rockets. He is Matt Moore, senior NBA writer at the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets. Matt, how's going good man i'm happy for the bucks i'm heartbroken for the suns i'm glad the season is over it's time for a very well-earned break you realize that we did like we had two playoff runs inside the span of 10 months like that's a thing that everybody in the nba world went through it's time for a very well-earned respite from games even if we still have the draft including our locked on odyssey mock draft that's going on right now and free agency just around the corner and team usa and summer league it'll still be good to get a break but in all i'm just in awe of Giannis Antetokounmpo. i'm thrilled for the city of milwaukee i'm happy for drew holiday and chris middleton and mike budenholzer and pj tucker and jeff teague and bobby portis woo pig suey what an awesome finals what a great year Woo! And former Rockets legend PJ Tucker, the one of the greatest centers in Rockets history. I got to I got to throw that one out there. Sure. Um, and speaking of the NBA draft, be sure if you haven't heard yet, you got to check out our NBA draft coverage here at Lockdown. We're going to have the goat of NBA drafts, Chad Ford, Locked On NBA draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales are all going to be live this year covering the NBA draft in studio. It's our Locked on NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. You can get your local expert analysis on every single pick. Follow Locked on NBA and our YouTube channel today if you haven't yet. The live coverage will begin July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Now, Matt, I know you're we started off happy talking about the Bucks, but we are. I mean, it is disappointing for the Suns. But I think we should focus first, you know, on, on just what this means for the city of Milwaukee, what this means for that organization. I think this is a, a, a gigantic win for small market teams everywhere, right? I mean, you get Giannis, who decides he wants to stay in Milwaukee, signs his extension. They do all the right things. They go out and get Drew Holiday. And now it doesn't matter, right? There were questions at the start of the season. Okay, was Drew Holiday worth, you know, the swath of draft picks that they forked over to get him? And now that question is gone, right? They got the title. They got the one. That's all they needed to, to make that trade worth it, to validate that acquisition. Now, anything else that they accomplish with this core of guys, with, with Giannis, Middleton, and, and Holiday, anything else is just you know gravy on top, right? It is. Like this, you, you, you traded five draft picks to get Giannis to stay, and you won the title to get him to stay even more, I guess is the way to put it. And you accomplish both of those things and you'll be a contender for the future. You'll always have a chance because you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, finals MVP, two, 26 years old, Jackson, two-time MVP, finals MVP, NBA champion, defensive player of the year. What a freaking resume for a 26-year-old player. Just absolutely incredible for a guy with supposedly no bag. You know, I think... Oh, come on. Let me let me get let me get my jabs in here about James Harden. Come on, man. I've been waiting on this. Look, look for a guy that's seven feet tall with no skill. Giannis <laughs> is doing pretty good for himself. Now, look, look, I got to I got I got to key you in on something, Matt. James Harden not being a rocket. I will forever be endeared to what he did for the city of Houston for eight years, but not but seeing just 
the inflammatory comments being lobbed his way after this yeah. game and after that, you know, incredible all-time closeout performance by Giannis and not having to sit there and think, hmm, I have to defend this man. Not having to do that was just a breath <laughs> of fresh air. I will give you that. That was it was a good feeling on my behalf. I enjoyed yeah. that. It's it's kind of funny. I, I don't know how, but somehow Chris Paul blew an o two a 2-0 lead in the finals. I don't think it was his fault, but 2-0 lead in the finals. And yet James Harden is the one taking the most strays today. Kind of funny. Look, I think the biggest thing here is um, you can't – the Bucks have been an NBA institution. Like, they've been around for so long, won a title in the 70s. Like, this is not a, you know, a so-so franchise in terms of its commitment. Like this team, the city has been basketball heavy. Like they love the Bucks and they really came alive for this team. This franchise was almost moved a decade ago. Like they were very nearly relocated and ownership came in, bought the team. And look, I, there's a lot of reasons to not support arenas. That There's a lot of studies that show they're not financially beneficial to the communities, but the voters made a choice that they wanted to keep the team and they were willing to pay for a new arena to keep the team. And in doing so, they set up this situation where they are now NBA champions. And I will say like a lot of private money came into that situation as well. Good job by Herb Cole, owner of the Bucks. All of this is to say, this is just like a feel good story. Jackson, we don't get this in sports. We don't get very rare, especially in the NBA. We do not get feel good stories. In the NBA, we get the Lakers got another superstar and they won the title. That's what we usually get. Hey, 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 hey. Toronto was kind of a feel-good story. If you like the story of Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson getting hurt, then sure. But like... I, I and look, the Bucks obviously gen- benefited from uh, how many how many injuries did we have to go through to get to this? Uh, right, there were there were so many yeah. injuries to yeah. get to this title. Come on, fair point. Raptors were kind of a feel good story as well. I agree, but like this is just like a it's a it's a rarity to have one that feels like this where the Bucks were so good in 2017, uh, uh, 18, come up short or 18, 19, come up short. So good in 1920, everything falls apart. <laughs> Literally in the world, everything falls apart. They don't make it. They come back this year. They're the third team in the East. Everyone's kind of like, eh, we know the Bucks by now. And they make this kind of a run. Giannis goes for 50. 50. In His four-game stretch game. Was, was, was unreal. It really was. Games three through six. And you're, you're talking about, like, the feel-good aspect of it. And I do think that, like, all around, I feel like this is a, a title where there's – like, how can you hate? I, I feel like, how can you hate on either of these teams, right? Had either, yeah. whichever team won, like, you're going to come away. There's feel good. There were feel good stories on both sides. And that's, you know, the the hard part that we're talking about when we look at, we're going to look at the Phoenix Suns in a moment as we're kind of talking about both of these teams coming up and what it looks like running things back for both of them next season. And that's the hard thing to stomach for the Suns and for Chris Paul is, you know, 36 years old. Was this his, was this his best shot to win a title? And it probably was. And we're going to break that down coming up in just a second. But first, a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's basically impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why on earth would you want to spend up to 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same 
parts, just head over to rockauto.com, use their catalog, check it out. It's so easy to navigate their website. You can find all the brands, specifications that you need for your vehicle. When you're checking out, be sure to write in their little, like, how did you hear about us? How did you hear about us box that you heard from us for her heard about them from locked on? That way they know that we sent you over there. Uh, rockauto.com, all the parts, brands, everything you need, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And continuing on here at Locked On NBA Thursday. Now, Matt, let's get into the discussion about kind of running things back for, for both of these teams, really. And I think the more interesting question of these two, because, I mean, the, the Bucks are a young team, right? You know, the, the, the question of running it back for them isn't necessarily as... I, I'm not going to say it's not entirely interesting, but they've pretty much got their core locked in together, right? Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, Brooke Lopez, all under contract. There's going to be some questions about the fringe guys, you know, the, the role players they need to bring in or supplement to, you know, continue to have an expand an extended stretch of dominance to go from a one-off title team into a potential dynasty. But I think the biggest question, if you're looking at both these teams, is what happens with Chris Paul this summer? Does Chris Paul come back or does he look for greener pastures elsewhere? Yeah, I think there's most of the people I talked to had expected that he will decline the player option that's already been reported and then resign on um, the maximum that he can as a, a player his age with Phoenix. Multi-year deal, probably big money. Um, well, because he's got to deal with the over 38 rule now. Yeah, which the is, over 38 rule. Yep. Which limits them to the amount of, of years of money. Uh, so that's the most likely scenario. I will say I, I want to see how it plays out. Like I, I just, I just want to see how it plays out. I want to. I don't want to. I'll put it this way: I don't want to assume he doesn't go to the Lakers until he's actually signed with the Suns. Because, look, if you're Chris Paul and you just went this entire way, like you just you made it and you like you played so well and you managed to not have a major injury that kept you out. Pretty clear his wrist was hurt, but you know he came so close and you come up short. I got to think that he's just like, fine, I'll go the Gary Payton route. I'll just sign on with a team that's like already well built and I'll take that, that less and I'll just get the title and be done. There's pressure on him always as the head of the players union to set the bar high in terms of his salary requirements. So that's where this gets tough. I wouldn't be shocked if he was happy in Phoenix, like Monty Williams and him seem to have a really good con like relationship. Him and Booker and Aiton seem to have a really good relationship. Um, but I do want to see, I want to see how it goes and see what it looks like. You know, you mentioned like the Bucks being a young team. The Suns are really young. You know, they got Bridges, they've got Aiden, they've got Booker. Surely, there's going to be money that they're going to have to commit to those guys in the future. They're, they're, they're really, they're really young. Like Sans Chris Paul, like Chris Paul, excuse like, the age range of that team considerably yep. just by being 36. But you know, I, I do, and I think that's the, that's the biggest question for them is, you know, I, and I, I'll, I'll be, I'll be the first to admit that coming into the season, Matt. I wasn't 100% sold on the Suns. I really wasn't. You know, I, I thought that they'd be somewhere in that fringe tier, you know, lower end of the playoff spectrum, like six, seven, eight seed, uh, you know, first year Chris Paul coming in, but a young team, you know, obviously really exciting. They had the eight no in the bubble. That was a feel good story. But Chris Paul, you know, absolutely came into the door and helped transform what was already a franchise on the up and up under Monty Williams and with the, you know, young, exciting cast that they had and really propelled them into new territory this season. And we saw that on display. But in my head, I kept thinking, OK, well, what happens if they don't win it all this year? 
like if Chris Paul walks away, what do the Suns even do? Because they can't just it's they don't suddenly have that, you know, what is he making over 40 million now or like a hair under 40, something like that. They don't have that money to just throw it another, you know, big time, big time free agent. So then suddenly they're going to take a significant step back if Chris Paul decides to go somewhere else. I don't see this Suns team minus Chris Paul as a top four seed in the West. Do you? I don't. You know, I think they're they're a really good team. It's it's funny because uh, I've been battling with Suns fans over the weekend since I dared say that maybe Devin Booker shouldn't have had a 42.5% usage rate in game five, even if it wasn't his fault. Uh, there is kind of like this idea that like Booker is like the whole team and he is the Suns and like he's the reason that they're good. And I'm like, guys, like he's really good and they're going to be a good team. But if you lose Chris Paul, like you're no longer a contender. That's how much of a difference that he makes on both ends. Like, just little things that he does, just the ability to run the offense, like all of these kind of ways that it shakes out. If they were to lose him, that knocks them off of the pedestal from being a contender. Can they be dangerous? Yes. Can they make a run in the Western Conference? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think depending on who they were, they would get to replace. But, you know, they still, Mikhail Bridges is, is best in the role that he's in. Jay Crowder is best in the role that he's in. DeAndre Ayton, honestly, is best in the role that he's in, unless he makes it a big step forward, which he can. But, if those guys don't make giant steps forward, they're best suited where they are. If Paul leaves and you don't add a, a major replacement, you're looking at all those guys having to play a step higher. Like This is a big part of finals construction. Are the guys that you have that are in your rotation, are they suited for their slot? Is, is your second guy meant to be a second guy? Is your third guy good enough to be a third guy? And so forth. Like it, The disruption of that is the differential between teams that have it and teams that don't. And they were really well constructed to your credit, to your point uh, of, you know, having and in a way, I, I think throughout these playoffs, we saw some games where Chris Paul wasn't even necessarily the second best player in some of these games for the Suns, yep. where there were nights where, you know, Booker was was the number one guy. And then they had, you know, a big night from Aiton who, you know, does his jobs quietly so well, or even some nights where they had, you know, other guys step up, you know, on a random nightly basis. But when the going got tough, when they needed, you know, those those crunch time buckets, they could rely on Chris Paul, who just, you know, would spend sometimes the first two or three quarters of a game just kind of getting others involved, doing what he does on the court, you know, orchestrating the office, be, offense, being the conductor, and then stepping up when he needed to in the fourth. Now, Matt, let me throw this at you. We've got the ESPN power rankings for next season, the way too early power rankings for next season, and the top five in order. We've got the Bucks, the Nets, the Suns at number three, the Lakers at number four and the 76ers at number five. I would argue that if like, again, Chris Paul leaves the Suns, the Suns drop out of that top five, like instantaneously. And they might even drop out of the top 10. I mean, is it weird that I feel like it puts them on par with like, say like the Atlanta Hawks, if they lose Chris Paul, like I kind of see those two teams Mm -hmm. as very similarly constructed. If Chris Paul goes by the wayside. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. I think that's probably fair. Look, I think, again, I think there's room for improvement, right? If Booker makes a leap, which I think he can, you know, I'd be interested to see what his, his MVP odds are. Like, if he makes a giant leap, if Aiden makes a giant leap, if Mikhail Bridges, like, gets to be more of an on-ball threat instead of just a 3 and D guy, there's a whole bunch of ways, you know? And clearing that $44 million in salary would definitely open up some opportunities for the Suns to be able to find other angles and other things that they can do. I think there's still, like, a, a, a number of ways the Suns are great next year. Um, I just think that the difference is being a finals team without Chris Paul, I think it's hard to imagine. 
Let's talk a little bit about the Bucks for a second here and their core running it back because we kind of teed that up or, or I did in the beginning. Just again, they've got their core four locked up for the next two seasons at minimum. Brooke Lopez under contract through 2022-23 uh, season. Uh, so they've got him for two more years. Again, conceivably four of their five starters all locked down. Uh, PJ Tucker's kind of a question mark, um, seeing as how the Rockets decided not to extend him at the start of the season and then dealt him midway through the season. So he'll be a free agent, but he's another 36 year old. And I mean, I, I would imagine PJ Tucker wants to be back with this Bucks squad. You know, he wins a title with the team. He was an important part of the team. Are they willing to give him a payday? Probably not the payday he's looking for, but yeah. maybe he's willing to sacrifice a little bit of money now that he's won the title and seems pretty happy. All things considered with that team over there. I mean, look, you know, ju- just next season, you got Drew for 32 million, mid for 35.5, and Giannis for 39.3. Like, it, there's only so much you can reasonably expect uh, owners, even after a title, to pay for. Um, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if Tucker went somewhere else. A lot of it is that Tucker, I think, definitely helped them win the title. He was key in some series. He didn't play so awesome that you're just like, man, they got to keep PJ Tucker at any cost. Now, PJ Tucker's just like, you know, I don't care. I want to, I want to feel like this again. I think we can defend the title. Do that. Like, just come back at, at a at a price that that works for them under whatever exception or whatever else that they're going to find room for him and go that route. The more interesting one, Jackson, I think is Bobby Portis, who's got a player option for three point eight million for next season and has, I think made himself a ton of money. Like he was a big part of this final series. He was big part of their playoff run. And he was especially great in these finals. I think there's a very good chance that, that Portis gets a big offer on the free agency market. And I think that that happens, the bucks are going to look, this bucks team is already not as much oriented towards depth as previous seasons, which was good because they went top heavy and, and played more guys in the playoffs. That was one of their problems before, but like the pipeline's not excellent here. Uh, Bryn Forbes has got a player option too. Like the Bucks will be different next season, even if they get Dante DiVincenzo back after his injury. Um, they will be a different team next season. But with that core four of Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Chris Milton, and of course Yasan and Kumpo, you have to consider them a contender. The defense will be great. They will continue to be dangerous when playoff time comes. They've they've shown they know how to do it now. Um, the Bucks are not going anywhere, I don't think. Even if I don't necessarily like them to repeat. I still think that they're going to be in that conversation absolutely next season and beyond. I think on the same point about Bobby Portis, I I think that he's almost in a similar boat to like Reggie Jackson, two guys Mm -hmm. who really had impressive postseason runs and who are going to be thrown the bag by somebody this summer. And, but in a similar light, the comments that were made both by Reggie Jackson and by Bobby Portis, you know, after, you know, their respective, uh, you know, endings to their postseasons, right. I mean, it seems like both of those guys are very grateful to these respective organizations, the Clippers and now the Bucks with Bobby Portis for kind of reinvigorating their career, revitalizing their careers. And I feel like there's something to be said for that, right? You can't, I mean, you're not going to leave like 10 million on the table, but if the Bucks come at, you know, Bobby Portis with a competitive, like, you know, taxpayer MLE offer and he leaves a few million on the table to stay with the reigning champs. Like, I could see that conceivably happening. And, and maybe same thing for Reggie Jackson in Clipperland, possibly. Uh, I just had to think that that's not usually how it goes, is that on the market there will be some team that will be like, you know what, let's go in for this guy. Whether it's... What, tw- $20 million for Bobby Portis? <laughs> I'm not saying 20 but... I Look, I, I'll just say this. There are a bunch of teams... 
if anything, the Bucks winning is going to show these other teams that like it's open. There's no Warriors. We can do this. Like even if it took all the injuries and everything crazy happening, I the sense I get from talking to people is like they're looking at the Lakers and being like, yeah, the Lakers are tough, but they got roster problems. LeBron's 37. Like they're not invincible. And they're looking at the Nets and being like, well, Brooklyn was really good and they were injured in that series versus the Bucks, but they're beatable. Like they're beatable. And so if you're going that route, Bobby Portis, you literally may look at it and be like, this may be the difference for us between getting there and not. And I know that sounds crazy, but Portis was huge for them in various moments in these playoffs. Like the, these are the guys that can make the difference. And he's young, he's athletic, and he's shown that he can help a winner. That goes a long way. Now, Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe the market just truncates, and he returns to the Bucks, and maybe uh, more importantly, maybe you're right, and Portis is just like, I don't care, I'm not done here, I want to run it back. That is a very high motivating factor for guys. But I uh, will well, be interested to see what happens with the market for Bobby, for Bobby, Crazy Eyes, Portis, Wu Pig Suey. Look, I mean, he he had almost the say. He was almost the second leading scorer for uh, the bucks in their closeout game right mid had 17 points guess who came next 16 points for bobby portis off the bench all 16 of the bucks bench points came from bobby portis so we'll see it'll be interesting to see what happens with him what happens with the bucks and with the suns moving forward but coming up we're going to take a look at what we learned throughout this nba season uh and we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag because look, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We got baseball season going strong. NBA season has finally wrapped up. They've also got you covered for UFC, MMA, you name it. They've got it over at bet online. So before the next pitch, head over to bet online. Uh, Use our promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's a 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked On NBA Thursday. He is Matt Moore. I am Jackson Gatlin. Now, Matt, we look back and let's reflect on this NBA season, which what first off mess. is just a wild season. What an <laughs> absolute <laughs> mess. Thank you. It was a train wreck, messy. but it was a train wreck in a good way. Sl- was it? It's just a messy slot. Like here, here's I think the- it was. If the season had been shut down, it would have been a bad train wreck, but it was sure. like... It was a train wreck in a good way because we we made it. We talked about this before. Is we neither of us thought we were going to ever hit this point. We didn't think like if you were to rewind and tell yourself back in December and be like, "Hey, we made it. We had an NBA Finals. We crowned a champion outside of the bubble, and we did it. And we had a regular playoffs with fans. Like in the second round, we had fans back in the stadium. We had a crowd of sixty five thousand people." In Deer Valley, just cheering on the Bucks at home as they won the title. I wouldn't have, nobody would have believed you back in December that that would have happened. I think in December you would have, back in like, um, probably like uh, October, maybe not. October, it did not seem possible. I think that by Fair. December we were like, well, we'll get the vaccines and there's starting to be hope. I think, look, I think a lot, here's, here's what a lot of this is. Um, I'm torn because I want to celebrate the Bucks and the Suns, honestly, for a great season. And it's a feel-good story, and it's an awesome result, and it was a great moment, and it celebrated everything. The season was such a disaster, and I wrote about this over at Action Network. The executives knew. Like, several executives used the phrase with me, this is going to be a shit show. Like, they knew how messed up this was going to be. 
for the duration of the season. And it was, it was the, the, the second half of the season was totally brutal. I mean, well, you know, the, so, the so many teams so, doing five games, seven nights. I mean, but in the first half of the season, we had all the COVID interruptions. We had like multiple teams that were just like, yeah, we've had to cancel the next three games for contact tracing. Like the heat, the wizards, like all these teams had their seasons really upended and derailed because of that. Um, and then it became about the injuries and the schedule. Like this was, and by the way, just going to, I've many times as I could do this, I'm going to get it out there. Hey, great job. Glad we got this done before the Olympics, which is a complete disaster of their own. Great job there. Glad we, we put all that in there so that we can make sure that we didn't have to go up against handball. Excellent job, everyone. Um, it, it's, I'm just, I'll say this. I'm really glad that it's very likely as much as I'm kind of like, man, this is, it feels like a really quick start to the season. Like we're 74 days. I, I looked at today from the first preseason game that's on record between Nets and Lakers, Jackson, 74 <sighs> days, two months and a week. And we're there. Um, but the whole, but, I mean, well, but the whole point too, not, and it wasn't just the Olympics, right? It was also partially, they wanted to get back to the normal schedule, right? So yeah. they, they had a, an end date in mind where they were like, okay, it's still going to be a fast turnaround because we're finishing the finals in July instead of finishing them in June. It's still going to be a really rapid turnaround, but they didn't want to continue to have these delayed starts of the season. So now they've got one more rapid turnaround and knock on wood, unless we have another global pandemic waiting for us down the line, we're going to be back to the normal NBA schedule starting next season. So it'll be one more quick turnaround, which what, what was the turnaround between the bubble and preseason this past season? It was what, like a month? Yeah, month and a half. Was, let's see. We were done in October, and they were back for training camp in December. So it was they got the month of November off basically, and that was it. Yeah. So I mean, t- two consecutive seasons where you have these insane turnarounds, and I mean, I for one, I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm excited for it to be back to normal, yeah. but it, I, I just, I feel for the players, man. Like I feel for how grueling that schedule was for the back half of things, all the condensed games, no practice time. I mean, uh, you know, I heard about it, you know, every day. Any if you're covering any team in the league, you heard about it. Coaches saying, "Oh, that we have you know no practice time. You're constantly just on and off flights to and from games. That's it. Like you know, barely any time for shoot arounds, anything like that. There was no no sense of being able to establish like cohesion or anything. You had they to do all meet. of that on the fly. Well, that was part of it. Is like part of the restrictions where they couldn't get together. The league was like, you can't get together. It's too much of a risk and 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 i have one person be like but for them sweating up and down on the court for an hour is fine that's okay uh it was a mess like this season was a was a was a mess uh it gave us some great storylines it gave us a great result there are effects like there are impacts we're um, like we're not having i mean the nba will tell you that the injury rate was not higher the nba will very adamantly say that the injury rate was not significantly higher than in other seasons and that the this was part of the accepted risk created by a global pandemic, which is a fair point. Um, but look, we're not seeing Jamal Murray until next March at the earliest. We're not seeing Kawhi Leonard. I don't think all next season. Um, yeah, I don't think he's. Mm. Th- there's all these situations that we're going to be looking at real, you know, imp- I, I, I asked in the Nuggets postseason availability, I asked Michael Malone if he expected there to be carryover. And he was like, there has to be just because we're, I think it, it's going to take so long for us to kind of get past how tough this last year was. Um, so we, so we, we had, we had the first year normal all the way up until the pandemic, then, you know, season shut down bubble, all that. Then we have this year 
where things are still not quite back to normal, condensed season, all the COVID delays, the rapid onset injuries, all of that. And now we're going to have another season with conceivably a lot of carryover because of how just tough this season was in its capacity. So realistically, I mean, if you're if you're looking at the most positive of timelines, our first true normal NBA season isn't even going to be next season. It'll be the following season. Yeah. But like, you know, at least next season we'll have uh, a little bit more normal of a schedule. Fans back in stadium from the onset. Yeah, probably. Well, you know, we'll we'll see what's going on. Um, I do wonder if we're going to have vaccine requirements. That's like the next question. I think that's kind of coming down the pipeline is whether we're going to have vaccine requirements for for stadium attendance. Um, There's a lot of questions I think about next season, but and I kind of wrote about this today for action that that I don't know whether next year is a return to status quo in terms of all right, it's gonna be the the Nets and the Lakers or whether things are just going to continue to be a little bit like this, this era that we're entering into is really interesting because we don't have a dominant super team. LeBron is no longer the kind of, he even though he's really good, like the Lakers were the, like I think second seed in the West before AD went down and then before LeBron went down, but they just don't feel as unbeatable as maybe other super teams. And so, and the Nets didn't feel that way this year either. And part of that was because they were always hurt. But, I was about to say the, the the Nets are still like to me. I think it's unfair to say there isn't a dominant. There's not a proven dominant super team. There's still a super team like hypothetically with the yeah. Nets, but we haven't seen them in enough consistent action to know are they are they legitimately a super team that where you look at them on paper and you're like, oh yeah, we're screwed. We can't do anything about these guys. There's no stopping yeah. them. We don't know that yet. So if they walk into next season with a clean bill of health. And just, you know, completely dominate from the jump and start off like, I don't know, 28 and two or something ridiculous. The entire NBA is going to be trembling. And yeah. suddenly we're going to be looking back on this thing. Oh, yeah, it's definitely not wide open. The Nets are clear cut favorites. But I do think that there's an important distinction here. The Warriors were amazing on both ends. Yeah. And with the Nets, you're never going to look at the Nets and be like, oh, man, their defense is so good. You're just no. you're never going to do that. Right. And so and this is kind of the question is, you know, what does that mean? for the playoffs and for the future. It's it's I'm really fascinated. Like next year, it's not that the NBA is, is wide open next year. It's not the best players are always going to be there at the end. The question is what is all of these moves and how this has gone and what are the effects of the last two years and this insanity going to be on how this all plays out? It's going to make for a fascinating next season. And that starts with free agency in the draft next week. And we are going to have you covered for all of that, of course, here at Locked On NBA every single day of the week, Monday through Friday. Matt, always a pleasure. Anything you want to leave with before we uh, shut this thing down? Bucks in six. (laughs) Bucks in six, indeed. 50-piece nuggets all around. 50-piece nuggets on the house for everybody. Somebody needs to get Giannis uh, free Chick-fil-A for life. That's, That's something that has to happen, but... As we're wrapping this thing up, a quick reminder to listen to our Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. Featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts himself, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts, that's us, will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. 
for today's episode of Locked on NBA. That is going to do it. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Gatlin. You can follow Matt at HP Basketball. As always, thank you so much for watching, for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on NBA Thursday.